Welcome to this sacred life in the Divine Feminine Spotlight. I'm Shan Vanderleek, founder of TransformationGoddess.com and producer of the Goddess Talk Sessions. The intention of the Divine Feminine Spotlight is to share transformational conversations with women who've learned to walk in beauty with the strength, courage, and pleasure of claiming their feminine sovereignty. Today's episode of This Sacred Life is brought to you by Choose Your Evolution, a service project created by Bryna Haynes and dedicated to empowering visionary individuals to become true creators in their lives. Learn more at chooseyourevolution.blog and watch the free masterclass video series, How to Create Everything You Want. Today, it's my honor to introduce you to Bryna Haynes, philosopher, seeker, waymaker, coach, and award-winning, best-selling author. Bryna's passion is discovering new pathways to personal growth and empowerment. Constantly challenging the status quo, Bryna is an agent for change and expansion for conscious entrepreneurs, change makers, healers, and influencers around the world. Welcome, Bryna. I am so happy to be here with you, Shan. Thank you so much. It's good to be with you again. The last time we had a conversation online or uh, via the podcast was for the Goddess Talk session. So it's good to have you back and to be talking about what's new in your life. Absolutely. It's amazing how much can change in nine shows. I know. (laughs) I know. It really. Well, let's begin our conversation today with the story of your life-altering transformation that you refer to as moving through victim energy to creator energy. Absolutely. So um, I have been a student of metaphysics, spirituality, personal growth, all the things (laughs) for a long, long time. And Um, You know, many of you may know me uh, from my work as an editor and book coach, and I've worked specifically with books that that talk about transformation and spiritual growth. I had so much knowledge on this subject. I've studied yoga. I'm a yoga instructor. I taught yoga teachers. um, Just, you know, so much information gathered over the last decade or so. And I had applied a good portion of it in my life, but I hadn't made that leap between the knowing and the being. And that actually was finally gifted to me this year and it changed everything. And as people who go through Um, this is something that, uh, my friend, Dr. Sue Mortar calls a quantum flip or a quantum leap. People who go through this, you know, that we have to kind of get to a really icky, sticky place before we are ready to make that transformation. Um, and that happened to me over the winter. I was in Ireland with my family. I had all these big plans about how I was going to like connect to my and find my vision and, and everything was going to be great. And I, you know, I took this time off from, uh, from my other work and I, you know, spending lots of time outside and hiking around West Kerry, which is just one of the most gorgeous places on earth. And me and my husband and the kids and I was three weeks in, I was not making any progress. <laughs> I was so, I was so attached to the idea of finding my purpose 
that it literally blacked out everything else in my awareness. And I got to this point where I was so frustrated and the idea of finding my purpose felt so heavy. And I remember just, you know, thinking like, oh, what is this thing about service and purpose and blah, blah, blah. And just why do I have to have a purpose? I ended up getting with a good friend of mine in London who is just a magical being of light. And I adore her to the ends of the earth. And she was going through something very similar. And we ended up in this completely teenage conversation, like literally shouting at each other over the Who cares about purpose? Why do I have to have a purpose? Who says I have to have purpose? Screw purpose. Who cares about it anyway? Why do I just want to have fun? Maybe I just want to do pointless things that feel good. And we were just like shouting at each other back and forth. It was completely cathartic and kind of hysterical. And <laughs> there were mentions of like, making t-shirts that said like no more purpose or something it was so bad anyway um but the the outgrowth of that was something that i had never considered and that is there is nothing more important in life if we want to feel connected if we want to be true channels for the divine if we want to feel that sense of of purpose that we all long for and that we're told over and over and over we have to Order to be in this conscious business world. If we want that, the path to that is joy, uncompromising joy, not what we should do, not what we should study or, you know, the training that we need to take or, or anything like that. Just this question, what makes me happy? And once I got to that place through all of the teenage stomping and shouting, the answer was so obvious. It's personal growth. Like, duh. Been doing this stuff since my early 20s, right? I mean, I learned to read tarot from a master when I was 21. And um, I've always been involved in this, even before I started my, my writing and editing business. How was this so hard for me to come to? But I, I never saw myself as someone who could bring that forward. I was always in a, in a kind of a support role around it. So when I thought about what makes me happy. I actually had a memory of, being, I don't know, maybe 19 years old and having a conversation with a friend of mine and just thinking like, oh, what are we going to do when we grow up? Like, what would your ideal job be? And I said in my 19-year-old voice, have any job in the world, it would just be like telling people how to solve their problems. Like if everyone would just listen to me, the world would be fine, right? <laughs> at that point, I was not ready to be a coach. Um, but the desire to help people see things clearly was there even then. And so um, when I started asking, what's my purpose? After I came to this place of what actually makes me happy, the answer was so obvious. Like I have so much knowledge that I've gained over the years about how we can be spiritual beings having a human experience and how we fit into this universe. And, and now that knowledge is not just theoretical, it's becoming experiential. And I'm so excited to share it. How I, that's why I created the Choose Your Evolution Project. It's why I'm here uh, you know, talking about this with you today. It's so exciting to me to be able to take something that I thought was, was very much internal and and actually share it in an authentic and and way
Yeah. And the thing is, is you're so, I think that the, the transparency, the vulnerability, the way that you show up and in my opinion, the way that you've shown up since I've known you is very honest, very true to yourself, even through all the changes that you've made in the years that I've known you. And then, to, you know, to come here now and say, oh, okay, this is it. This is where I'm at. And to be overjoyed to share, to say, oh my gosh, I'm, I finally shed that, that victim energy or that place where I thought I had to know something that was always with me all along. And here it is, you know, I just had to get out of my own way and now I can share it. And that's exactly it. I was so in my own way. This is a problem for those of us who are chronic overthinkers. It's, <laughs> it's you know, we, we really, we know what we are quote unquote supposed to do. We may even know what we need to do, but we have to allow ourselves to actually experience it. And that to me was, was brand new. Um, I feel like so much of what we're presented with in the personal development world, anybody who's a seeker, we're presented with theory, we're presented with stories, wonderful stories and examples. We're presented with ideas, but not taught how to create those experiences for ourselves. And I think if we could do that, and I know that this has been true for me, for just the past six months, the acceleration I've been able to create by giving myself these experiences instead of just waiting for them to land on me, it's a completely different world. And it's a different way of creating in my life. Experience is, um, is, is the only true teacher, I think, for, for many of us. I mean, maybe some of us can learn through pure theory alone. It's in our bodies, when it's, it's flowing around us, when we are in the midst of the experience, that is, potent magic and we can we actually have the ability to do this by choice consciously not just waiting for life to present us with a surprise and that's that's the most exciting part mm. for me because you know of books and I, I learn a lot from books but books are not going to empower me as a creator the way I am going to myself as a right. creator So how has this shift changed or transformed how you relate to your own body, your own sexuality, and your feminine power? I have historically, and you know this about me, been very strong in masculine energy. I'm a doer. I push through. I, I don't, um, historically, I haven't, I should say, because that's changing. I, I haven't made a lot of time for receiving or for, uh, for vulnerability, or for sort of nurturing that brings out my feminine energy. And I'm shifting that. So it's, it's really just still in flux. I think that we're always, we're always in that state of flux and flow. Um, I think that that's just part of being, being, it's just part of being. Especially as a woman, when we, when we get into state where we're okay between about flowing from shore to shore and being sort of between things what we need sort of rises up and we become a little bit less like the boat on the surface of the ocean and a little bit more like the ocean itself so as if we can just you know close our eyes and take a deep dive we know what's there and what's coming for us and we can make a choice and create an experience for ourselves based on that knowing in the moment 
And that's really what I'm working on. And that to me is, is translating mostly right now into self-care, um, which I've historically been terrible at. <laughs> of course, I'm deciding to do this in the midst of having, you know, my, my little one just turned one and my, my big girl is now turning four. Um, so it's, it's very much, you know, piecemeal and um, the schedule is not anywhere close to fixed so you know what though that piecemeal counts in so many ways it does it any really does. any way you can fit things in i remember when marin was young and and people would say well you know how, how do you have time to do that how do you have time to get the massage or do the yoga teacher training or do you know whatever it is i was up to doing and you you create you create pockets of space and you let the people know that that love you, uh, you know, let my husband know what I needed or friends know what you need. And it's not always that you can can do something, uh, you know, for an entire day, but my goodness, you might have a couple of hours or, you know, the, the whole, the whole taking a nice relaxing bath. I could never take a bath. How do you do? Well, your kids eventually go to sleep. So <laughs> Yeah, you know, you <laughs> if, if you're lucky, your kids eventually yeah, right, right. Sleep. <laughs> you can you can make excuses or you can get your ass in the tub. You know, you can you can uh, you can go outside. You know, this morning I was out in my garden. I wasn't out there a long time, but I was assessing what was coming up and what I wanted to add to a, a bouquet that I just keep, you know, taking flowers out, adding flowers in, changing the arrangement, that kind of thing. And for me, that 10 minutes that piecemeal 10 minutes. Oh my gosh, does everything. I had my I had my bare feet on the ground. I had my hands in the flowers. I was listening to the birds. That's self-care. Absolutely. And um, up until very recently, I was of the the other mind where, oh, if I can't get, you know, half a day to go be by myself and, you know, get a massage and get lunch and blah, blah, blah. Well, then it's not worth it. And that was my, and it fed into that, that victim energy that we mentioned. And victim energy doesn't have to be like, people are doing this to me and I'm powerless. It's not like that. At least it wasn't for me. It was, it was the subtle little sneaky ways that I was giving any kind of circumstance, whether I created it myself or not. I mean, well, I mean, eventually we create everything, right? But, sure. but you know what I mean? Poor time management. You know, I was becoming a victim to my business because I had this amazing problem of being too busy in my business. Right, like who right. doesn't want that problem, right? <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but I was making it into, into an issue because I, I was making that more important than my self-care and I was being drained by it and eventually was feeling a little bit victimized by it. Right. My kids, oh my God, I love my kids more than anything else in the world, but I wasn't getting the time that I needed to nourish myself. And so I was feeling like they were draining me. Sure. And, you know, and having a nursing baby, obviously she's literally draining me. <laughs> it was the you know right. the energetic the energetic viewpoint there right just thinking well i just have to get through this for the next couple of years and then maybe things will change well maybe never happens maybe never happens unless you choose to make it happen and right. it it didn't take much to make the 
say, you know what? Um, maybe I don't have to get quite so much done for other people today. Maybe I can go to that 6.30 a.m. yoga class and I can feel sorry for myself and haul my ass out of bed at 4.44 in the morning, but I can get to my 6.30 a.m. yoga class. And guess what? I have a drive on either side because we live in the middle of nowhere. I have, you know, 25-minute drive on either side where I can just be by myself in the car and I can listen to my music. Being grateful for those little interludes made a complete shift for me. Yes, yes, because you string them together and, you, and you're creating a joyful life. Exactly, exactly. And just, just being and breathing in a single moment and saying, you know, in this moment, I am completely safe and whole and I can just be. I don't have to be mom right now. I don't have to be the business right now. I don't have to be anything except a, you know, a divine being who's poured into a human body. And I can just feel myself for a few moments. I like to say, in this moment, I am free. Mm, I love that. So, so now that you're, you're transitioning into this, this creator energy space, what are some of the favorite practices besides that yoga, early morning yoga class that you are fitting in, that you are able to, to piece into your life now? Absolutely. Well, for me, it comes down to, again, being in that flow. And so I've turned to my favorite thing in the world, which are questions. And I ask questions based on who I want to show up as that day. So one of the questions that came out of my, my big transformation and, and teenage over the winter is um, the question, what, what, is, what is going to feel good right now? And just going on that. But more it's evolved into thinking about the kind of person who can actually receive what I want. So I want to fulfill aims of, of, of teaching on a large scale and, and sharing this knowledge that I've gained with the world and being sort of a, a spokesperson for people who are ready to be creators in their lives, right? If that's who I want to be, then what kind of person can receive that? The biggest thing for me has been asking, would a person who values herself do right now? And the, it's, it's important to me to be a person who values herself, because if I don't value myself, I am never going to be able to create what I want. I need to value myself in order to show up as a creator in my life value myself in order to be able to prioritize correctly so that I do get that self-care, so that I do get that time to just connect. If I'm not acting like a person who values myself, then nothing I value will come to pass. What are the types of questions? What would a person who values herself do right now? What would make me really happy right now? Sitting quietly and asking my guides, what do you guys want me to do today? Like, what's up, you know, <laughs> like a little bit less formal, but, but sort of like from A Course in Miracles, where would you go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? I do a slightly less formal than that, but it's kind of the same thing. Allowing each day to be a little bit different. Some days, I don't need yoga. Some days yes. I need to lay down like a blob on my mat just breathe for 45 minutes. And some days I need to get up and do handstands. It's okay. Like either one is okay, but, but it's not prescribed. 
the way that I thought it was going to need to be. I think that the biggest lesson in all of this has just been trust. Are the ocean. You don't have to worry about whether you're going to sink. All of what is, is you. I always have that vision coming to myself. Like I'm not the little boat just like rinky dinking it on top of the waves, wondering if I'm going to get swamped. Like that's not who I am anymore. You know, if I am the ocean, how can I be in better trust here? That even if something ruffles the surface, I don't have to capitulate. I don't have to change who I am. I don't have to give up my flow and my deep current of purpose that I finally tapped into. Right? Um, so, so it's, it's just being in that. And, and that gives me a lot of trust. And trust is something that I've always struggled with. Yeah, me too. Well, we, you know, over the years, you and I have talked about this and, and it's big for so many of the women listening in right now. How do we get back to that place? You know, how do we get back to that place of trust? How do we practice surrendering? How do we remember that we are the ocean? How do we, there's a lot of, you know, remembering and allowing and reminding ourselves you know, as, we're, as we're in this interesting place of life right now, wait a minute, what? What is going on and, and who am I? And, you know, where do, I, where do I want to take my life? Yeah, and those are deep questions. They can put us in a, in a state of fear very easily. You know, when I was, when I was asking that, those questions of my friend on our conversation in January, you know, what if I had purpose? To me, that was the most terrifying question I could ask. And I've been avoiding it forever. There was so much fear wrapped up in the fact that, you know, what if there was no point to me? Like, what if I had come this far and fought this hard and done all this stuff and there was just no reason for it? And, and, but I had to get there. I had to get through that fear in order to get to the other side and say, well, fuck it. You know, if there's no point, I'm just going to have fun. What does that look like? And how much lighter is that? And so if, if everything falls apart, if everything just disintegrates, what are we left with? We're left with us. And we're left with the entire universe that is contained within us. So one of the other things that was so powerful for me is when I started studying Greg Braden's work. Do you know? Oh, yeah. I love Greg Braden. Oh, my goodness. So I particularly connected to um, the idea of the universe as a hologram. And I actually did the hologram experiment where I bought a hologram bookmark and cut it into little pieces. <laughs> oh my God, I could still see the picture even though I cut this into, you know, 132 pieces. For, for those of you who don't know this, of a hologram is that even when it is deconstructed into its smallest part, our image is still visible, even on that tiny little part. So if you do what I did and take a holographic bookmark and cut it into a zillion pieces and you hold the littlest piece up with a pair of tweezers, you can kind of miraculously still see the entire image intact. That is the nature of the universe. That's why entanglement theory works. That's why people have the ability to do things like astral projection. So the reason why when we change one little thing in our reality, 
like me flipping from this victimhood and purpose is so heavy to, you know, hey, I'm just going to have fun, right? When we change one little thing in our reality, it is reflected across the whole. So if I were to take a tiny and put like a tiny little dot on one of those pieces of the hologram, it would be reflected across the entire picture, the larger picture. Universe is holographic. Not only are we these tiny little fragments of the universe, but the entire universe is inside of us. That was mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. So I picture <laughs> myself sometimes as I'm meditating, I picture my entire body filled with co the cosmos. I see moons orbiting and, you know, the Milky Way is sort of streaking across my belly. And, like, you know, there are suns in my chakras and, and all of that. And uh, it sounds really silly, but when we actually get to the point where we can connect with that truth, that all of the possibilities of the universe are inside of us, then trust becomes possible. So I want to circle back to that idea of trust because if every single possibility that has ever existed is already present within me, then the only reason that I would get a shitty possibility is because I chose it or because some part of me sent out that, 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 that vibration, that belief that that was what I was getting. And when people talk about vibration, that's really what they mean. I never got the vibration piece before. I'm like, what am I humming at a C sharp? What's going on here, right? So uh, and being a musician, believe me, I could place all the different tones in my different chakras. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vibrate in a D today so I can work on that sacral chakra. You know, it just, it became sort of not, I didn't really connect with the terminology. Um, but, uh, but when we say vibration, that's what we mean. You know, the, the belief, the static belief that we're holding is what makes infinite possibilities step aside. And the one possibility that we're allowing for is the one that comes forward can kind of get rid of that notion that there are only limited things available to us. Trust becomes so much easier. We can say, you know what, I don't really, you know, I don't have to receive that money from this particular channel. There are so many channels through which money could come to me to support me in my work right now. Well, and that's where we, we learn to release our inner control freak, release our inner direct, release our inner director and and allow for things to flow any way they damn well please. Well, I think that's the difference between being a creator and being a controller. So, yeah. you know, when you're a creator, you're in a different energy. When you're a controller, you know, think of like air traffic control, right? You're like putting this yes. plane here and putting this plane there and you need to fly at that altitude and no, you can't land. Yeah, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and when we're a creator, we're the airport. You know, we're just like, here yes. I am. This is what I am. I'm, I'm defining these parameters. What's going to land? Let's see. This will be really fun. And yeah, it's, there's a huge distinction there. And it's one that I only recently learned to make. Yeah, it's, it's really cool when we start seeing ourselves in these universal sense. Let's talk more about Choose Your Evolution and, and what's going on and what you're offering and more about that inspiration. I mean, you've, you've touched on some of it, but what took you from that place of, oh, maybe I just have fun to, boom, here it is. This is what I want to share. Uh, it was kind of like that. It was just boom. <laughs> it was 
so I, I got back from Ireland in February and, you know, I had this sort of new idea of what my life was going to look like. I wasn't going to work so hard. I was, you know, I was going to make time to just breathe and be and do my yoga and do some self-care and be more present for my kids and just, you know, do these things that make me happy because I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo in that personal development is actually what makes me happy. If I could just be with this all day long, I would. And, um, I just sort of, you know, just got into this state of being and started asking those questions. You know, what would a person who values herself do right now? Hey, guides, what's up today? You know, what do you want me to do? And I started thinking about how I could become more of a creator and how I could create the experience of being a person who values herself. And what kind of steps would that entail? And very, very quickly, and I have a friend who reads Akashic Records, and, and she sort of confirmed this for me, that this, is, this was just given to me. This is not something I created. This was something that I, I allowed a, a level of possibility that made it possible for me to download this. So I, I'm not a creator of this. I am a creator in my life and I'm creating avenues to share this information, but this information isn't mine, it's universal. But what was given to me was something called the law of creatorship. And what that states is that we have infinite ability to create our reality. And to, to seize this power, we only need to believe that it exists. And so once we start to see ourselves as creators, we become creators is basically what that says. And in combination with that, I was given a pathway for what I call experiential creatorship. And this comes back to what we were talking about earlier, where we learn through experience. We're not going to have a fully resonant belief that we are supported by the universe until we have an experience that makes it possible for us to believe that. People talk about, oh, well, you just, you know, you just have to trust. Well, what you have to do is, is give yourself the chance to experience trust. And you do it in kind of a controlled setting. <laughs> so this, this is like creation for skeptics. Right, right. Right. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> so I what, what, I was, what I was given is this way to actually test our creatorship in a controlled setting so that we don't have to engage with the level of fear that often comes up when we talk about making huge life changes, right? So, um, so for example, um, you know, I have a client that I'm working with and, you know, she's, she's debating whether she wants to leave her job or she wants to stay, but, but really, you know, her keywords for what she wants to create are freedom and flexibility. And so, um, you know, freedom and flexibility. Okay. Like we don't have to label what that's going to look like. If you want freedom and flexibility in your life, you can have it now. We just have to figure out how to give you the experience of freedom without changing anything major. And then once you experience freedom, you can replicate that feeling in multiple ways across multiple parts of your life. And all of a sudden you're having more freedom without having to like burn every bridge and jump off the deep end. It's a pathway to change right. through action, but it's action that produces a particular 
feeling result as opposed to a particular external or, or physical result. You know, I, here, I have this information, I want to teach it. You know, okay, so how am I going to support this universe? I'm still working with, with books and authors and, and that's, still, that's still happening. What's, what's going to be the pathway for this? And so, okay, so how do I give my, myself the experience of being fully supported by the universe, financially and otherwise? How do I give myself that experience? And, you know, to me, it was making small choices. If I am fully supported by the universe, I don't need to take this particular contract out of fear that I won't have enough money. I can actually pass that on to someone who's going to do a phenomenal job with it and I can free up some space and, and I can trust that it's all going to be okay. That one contract was not going to make or break my bank account. It wasn't going to put me in the hole. It was a way for me to test my trust without having disastrous consequences. I passed on that and an even better opportunity came up that's going to require less time and be a whole lot more lucrative. So and it just, and now I see, I have this experience of saying, oh, I can trust this. And so now every decision I make can be founded in that trust as opposed to the fear of not enough. But until I could actually experience the trust, I couldn't make a decision from that place. And so that's really the, the kind of crux of the work. Well, and this is, and this is why we continually hear, at least, at least I do, over the over the life of the personal development that I've been doing is to come back to that place of trust and surrender, trust and surrender. I, I have written down on a sticky note and have forever just to remind myself that there's something so much greater here and that I don't have to hang on so tightly. And, and like you said, come from a place of fear, but to trust that things are going to flow exactly as they need to. Certainly, I have the work that I need to do. I have to show up. I can't just be like, okay, <laughs> here it is. Well, yeah. And, you know, trust does not mean apathy. I think that's a huge mistake that people make is that they just say, oh, and I, you know, I've seen this over and over. Um, oh, I'm just going to trust that the universe is going to just completely provide for me. And, and meanwhile, I'm just going to sit here on my meditation cushion and, you know, do my breathing exercises and, and that's it. That's all I think I need to do for the universe to support me. Well, no, there, there is such a thing as inspired action. Although, you know, maybe that's a discussion for another time, but I think that the way that people are teaching inspired action in some cases is kind of bullshit because there's a level of guilt associated with it, which is never helpful. So inspired action is simply something that moves you toward the evolutionary point that you have chosen as a creator. Hey, I want to create greater trust. What action can I take to create greater trust? That's an inspired action. And maybe that action is sitting your ass on your meditation cushion and trusting that you have five minutes to breathe. But it might also be doing something monumental in the physical world. So it's, it's really interesting when we look at how much of our action is driven by things like should or someone else's formula or um or you know an attempt to force something into creation so i think that being a creator and forcing something into creation is to come back to our our airport example um but uh but but being being in trust is setting the destination and 
trusting that the way will open. There's a great Zen proverb that simply states, move and the way will open. And that to me exemplifies the trust piece. And so all I have to do is say, I'm going there, you know, and then I'm like, okay, universe, you know, you're the GPS, show me where to go. Yes, exactly. Uh, and- <laughs> so tell us, tell us, Bryna, how and where can our listeners and readers connect with you and learn more about Choose Your Evolution? Because we are just I mean, you know, I could always talk to you for hours and hours, but we're well over the time that we were going to come together today. So I want to, I want to reel us back in and make sure that people know exactly how to find you and how to view your new masterclass. Absolutely. So the website is chooseyourevolution.blog. And uh, right on the homepage is a link to my free seven-part masterclass series, uh, which is seven short-ish videos that explain the entire premise of uh, Choose Your Evolution, of experiential creation, the law of creatorship. It's, it's kind of a foundation of the work I'm doing right now. And uh, it's not a sales pitch. It's not a standard webinar format. You know, you don't have to, um, you know, sign up for anything else or buy anything else to get the rest of the information. It's all there for you. This is my service project. Um, and I am being fully supported by the universe while I do this. Miracle. It's a miracle. Uh, But really, I just want people to have this information because this is what changed everything for me. And I know that it will change everything for you. So choose your evolution.blog. The masterclass link is right on the homepage. Uh, You can also find me on Facebook at choose your evolution. And I have an open Facebook group called evolutionaries which is also a fun place to be for a discussion. And um, I do some, some live videos in there, which then later get transferred to my blog. So you kind of get to see them first if you're in the Facebook group. Lots of, yeah, lots of ways to connect. And uh, I just really want to encourage anyone who's interested in listening. I really want to hear your feedback. I want to hear how this lands for you, the stories that come out of this for you. It's really important to me to get other people's perspective on this work because the more of that that I have, the better a teacher I can be and the better a sharer I can be. So I want to hear from you. There's a, there's a link to email me under the videos. So watch it, share your stories. I'm super excited about this. Oh, I'm excited for you as well. Thank you so much for coming here today and talking with me at The Sacred Life all about what you have going on how to create everything you want. Sounds like a fantastic masterclass. We'll make sure we have the links all over the blog and for all of our listeners and readers, you'll be able to find it there. Everything that you need to find out what Bryna's up to. And I encourage you to do so. Thanks again, Bryna. Thank you so much, Shan. This has been wonderful. Thanks for listening to This Sacred Life and the Divine Feminine Spotlight. Visit TransformationGoddess.com to claim our album of guided relaxations for women who do too much. And while you're there, check out our latest articles, book reviews, and resources for your goddess journey.